0: Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman. I hope you're doing well out there. Uh, I'm not seeing anything on YouTube there, uh, E.K., uh, if we're live on YouTube or not. He is talking to me and laughing constantly because he just recently saw my new haircut. So we're, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. Um, we're all, we're all, you know, stuck in our homes. We're all quarantined. You know, there's, um, you know, not a whole lot to do. And so, I mean, I think it's a perfect time for you to try out new hairstyles because I mean, look at this. This is what I call the half row H A L F. RO, the half-fro, and hopefully it'll catch on, because, you know, everyone wants to be cool like the (laughs) madman. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on YouTube here, buddy. All right, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to leave our listeners out in the cold. Uh, Hopefully, they're getting an alert. Hopefully, they're getting an alert. So, uh, I want to apologize for the audio quality last week. I mean, we're still... um, you know adapting to this new situation and shock monkey radio is pretty much like the guinea pig for fxbg public radio so if i have one show where the audio is bad that's just make just to make sure that the audio is better in every other uh show that we have here on fxbg public radio so i just want to apologize for that and we're updating hopefully the audio is great right now um so yeah yeah let's get right into it um uh, the freebies let's talk about the freebies um uh, all the cool kids are doing it they're giving away freebies and so we wanted to we wanted to do it as well um during this uh crisis so we know you're stuck at home not a whole lot to watch there's netflix let's be honest there's a lot of crap in there there's a lot of crap in there and if you're the kind of guy who watches like comedy as much as i do you've seen it all by this point uh it just seems like you know there's it feels like there's way less content on Netflix these days than, you know, than there used to be when you first got it. You ever get that feeling anyway, but I, we want to provide, uh, provide you with a, a general idea of how our show works and, you know, everything that's available behind our paywall. If you go over to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio, uh, become a patron. And, uh, but for now we're going to try to get put out as much stuff for free as we can uh, you know, pretty much until I contract the virus then you're gonna have to start paying so who knows when that's gonna be who knows um yeah so we're gonna be giving away like full episodes and putting up here on youtube uh for your viewing pleasure um I've, i'm sorry about the audio quality last week but i mean i'm surprised like there's still a lot of views on those on those videos so i'm getting a lot of views i think it's just people are cooped up at home it's like what the hell is this dipshit madman been up to lately and people are watching this well thank you thank you for watching i appreciate it. We're talking about dozens of views here. <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm going to, I'm going to just change the subject. Um, so um, have have you ever seen a cat like sitting back on its lower spine? You know, because mostly, mostly when uh, like cats or dogs, they sit, they sit on their haunches, you know, they put their butt to the ground they're, they're, they're but they're still kind of ready to spring, you know, but sometimes you'll see a cat, like um, even a dog sometimes be on its back with Crotch open, the wind blow, (laughs) cool them off on a hot day. Um, But uh, a cat will sit there with his crotch open towards you, on his lower spine, just licking itself with his hand in the middle of its crotch. And and you know, sometimes you just get the feeling when they look at you, they'll stop and they'll look at you, and they'll stare at you. And it's almost like they're thinking, "That's right, motherfucker. This is you all day, every day, sitting on your fat ass, playing with yourself." (laughs) <laughs> just sitting there primping, primping yourself. Perfect. Licking yourself. Perfect for Instagram. Cats are dicks. Um, so yeah. So I hate cats and every now and then you get so high, you think you can talk to them. Uh, so I was talking about Netflix earlier. So I've been catching up on Netflix. I'm sure you have as well. Um. But I caught the Dave Chappelle Mark Twain award Thing that is up on on Netflix okay me and my half row good okay I see it yep all right cool now I feel better so I saw the Dave Chappelle Mark Twain award it took place at the Kennedy Kennedy Center not far from here but it's not like I'm gonna go up to DC <laughs> I think I'm stupid um here's my first question about this the whole production the whole production because I usually I don't make notes during a like something I'm going to write about. I I watch it, I digest it a bit, and then then I'll write about it. Uh, but my very first question is, why did they edit around the music? Um, there are, you know, had all these artists coming out, uh, uh, Erica Badu, John Legend, and so forth, and uh, coming out and uh, performing some music, but they kind of edited around that. They like uh, would overlap uh, like a verse or a chorus with a, you know, a thing with Dave Chappelle talking or somebody talking about Dave Chappelle. I mean, and that's enjoyable, but I don't, I don't know why they like cut around the, the music acts. That doesn't seem right. I just, the only thing I could think of is that maybe the artists couldn't hear themselves in there, and they were kind of off key. I don't know how, like the, how the acoustics over at the uh, the Kennedy Center are, but I mean, it I, I, were they off key? I don't know. I'm tone deaf and good and horrible at math, so I don't really know. So if you've seen it and you know, just send me an email over at madman at Thank you. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm really glad that Dave Chappelle won this award. Uh, I can't think of, you know, anyone else who really deserves it, you know, in terms of like uh, breaking ground, in terms of like, like number one comedian of our generation. Absolutely. Dave Chappelle is the number one comedian of my generation. And hopefully it bleeds over to your generation in some way or another. Because, I mean, if you haven't seen Chappelle's show, you are missing out. That's brilliant. And they were talking about uh half baked, like it was a horrible, horrible movie. But I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people love it. You know, it, it's kind of like a cult. Is that what they call like a cult hit? Anyway, I really, I really like that, but uh, you had all these uh, comedians coming up, uh, bringing their a game, making Dave Chappelle laugh, which I think is just beautiful. That's kind of the point of a semi roast semi praising thing. Because that's you know, it's pretty much how comedy works, is you gotta half roast somebody to make something funny. And so it's uh, uh all these comedians came up, you know, a lot of you know, some I don't agree with, some I think are uh, uh not so great, but <clears throat> they are all influenced by Dave Chappelle, as well as they should be, because hell I've been influenced by Dave Chappelle. Uh and it's and uh the great thing about this special, uh the Kennedy Center, where they're you know celebrating dave Chappelle's victory of winning the mark twain award um ah, damn it i lost my place <laughs> darn it i'm a madman anyway um yeah all right what i loved about it is that you know these people came in there to make him laugh they came in here with jokes that would like targeted at him you know Other people may know something about it, but I mean, they are specifically targeted at Dave Chappelle and that's what I love about comedy. That's what I love about the freedom of speech. And the freedom of speech had a very uh, uh, heavy undertone throughout the special where they're talking about talking real, being able to talk real. Now, I mean, uh, let's be honest. There are a lot of, uh, a lot of black people there. All right. And they, there's plenty of people in the black community like Dave Chappelle who want to be able to talk real, want to be able to like it's like, no, it's not police language, and that's not cancel people because they say something offensive. You know, and I think there's a lot of people a lot of communities like that. People are sick of this, uh, you know, uh bridging of speech. And there's even a point where Dave Chappelle's talking about that, you know, this uh the the comedy stage is a temple for the freedom of speech. And I think he, you know, he said something like that, and I cannot agree with him, one hundred percent more anymore. I cannot agree with him anymore because he is one hundred percent right. You know, that's where the the court jester lives. You know, he's able to spit in the face of the king, you know, without repercussions. You know, for the most part. But it's this is a kingdom. You know, this is a republic. And we we've been making we could making fun of presidents for a long, 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 long time. <clears throat> that's the freedom of speech, you know. And you can't and you can't abridge speech. And that's why I love I love this special. Um, yeah, comedians and friends are the kinds of people who will greet you with hugs. And I can this is like a lot of this backstage footage that you get. It's like it's people greeting each other, hugging and uh it's a lot of that you know and these are the kind of people that welcome welcome you with open arms but the, and open up their lives to you the the warmth of their their hearth in their homes to you and they said yeah you know dave Chappelle slept on my couch you could probably find somebody like you know somebody like that it's like dave Chappelle came up to smoke weed with us <laughs> never gonna believe me <laughs> you gotta see the special <laughs> it was great um but yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought again because I was laughing so hard about a joke that I saw. But these are the kind of people that will, because they they love so much, they can't really express that love in any way other than busting your balls or um, making you know making fun of you or even holding your feet to the fire. You know, to tell you honestly, is like, hey Dave, you know I love you, man. I want you to quit smoking. You know. Some people could say that to you. So I I love you. You know, I I think you should quit smoking and fuck you. I'm not going to quit smoking. And that's just the way like people are, you know, they, they love so much as it, it, that's the easiest way to, uh, to do it is to bust someone's chops about something about the personality or something that they're doing in life or what they should be doing in life. And, uh, and that's just the way people joke around, especially men. Men joke around with somebody they care about. It's like your best friend, you know, and you, he's messing with this girl. You think it's absolutely insane. You're going to bust his balls about it all the time. You know, introduce, yeah, he's, this is a dude with a crazy girlfriend and so forth. you are going to bust your balls all the time. Why? Because he cares about you and doesn't want you to see you get like in too, in too much trouble with this girl. And this is the way comedians are. And this is the way people are. This is the point of the freedom of speech. It's like, yeah, you can sleep on my couch for a while, but if you don't get a job, you know, we're going to have words, you know, we're reasonable people. We're all reasonable people. And it's the American spirit. It's the American spirit. I'm telling you, comedy is, a, he's, he even says in that special it's a uniquely American thing. And I agree. I think we revolutionized or even, yeah, it was a revolution of comedy here in this country. Have you seen the kind of comedy that they do in other countries? Whoo! I talked a couple of weeks ago about Rowan Atkinson, right? Slapstick stuff and fake Star Wars. Ugh, it's horrible. Anyway, um, yeah, and I think Dave Chappelle has lived kind of a way that I have lived too, where it's you know I want to be able to say things, I want to be able to talk about things. When I got fired from my job uh, a while back, when I got fired, it was because they were tracking tracking me on the th- on the, the networks seeing which websites I was going to and what I was saying on those websites. And uh, I was not pro-Obama back then. I got fired. And uh, there were other things too. That's not the only reason. I uh, I speak my mind. And, at, you know, around 2000, early aughts, you know, is that when all this stuff started coming starting to really gain a momentum is like, you can't say that. No, you shouldn't say that. And, and I just, I, when I got fired from that job, I was like, I don't think if I can, I can go to work for that business ever again, because I am not going to be uh, not who I am, which is talking real. Dave Chappelle is somebody who's talking real. And I just, I just want to make a living at this. I don't want to be Dave Chappelle famous. I don't want the Mark Twain award. I'd rather have the Mark Twain award than the uh, 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 Nobel prize for literature. Because I think it's more important. The <laughs> I've thought about this, but I don't want these. I don't want these awards. I've thought about it, but I, I don't want these awards. But what I mean is, I just want to make a living at it because uh, that's who I am, and Dave Chappelle is who he who he is, and you can see the impact that that man has had. You know, who, through probably just only half his life, who knows who knows what else is going to come in the next forty years. So God bless Dave Chappelle. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I love this special DC awarding. DC awarded Mark Twain award in DC is a legend, which is a better title. I think is a legendary 13 of 13 stars, madman seal of approval, a must watch. I think it's a watershed moment in the history of the first amendment, because I think um, Dave Chappelle's last special sticks and stones really kind of threw a brick into the glass window of uh, PC culture, you know, and these people who want to shut people down for speaking real, you know, if you find some madman somewhere who gets too, you know, who spends too much time alone ends up shaving his half of his head and thinks it looks cool. You know, you want to know where you can find them. I like, Oh, I can find them over at shock monkey radio on YouTube. So it's just, just search YouTube for shock monkey radio. You can find some jackass that shaved half his head and thought it was cool. And you know where to find him. I want to know where I can find Alex Jones. I want to know where I can find Gavin McInnes. So that I can either be entertained by them or just laugh at their quote unquote stupidity based upon my opinion. You want to know where they are. You want to put big flags on their heads. So you get so crazy person here, you know, maybe you should force everybody you think is crazy to get a half row like me. Maybe that's what you could do. Oh, lost my cherry. Mm. It's a must see. Uh, yeah, don't read too much into this. I don't think that uh, Dave Chappelle found the cherry. I don't think Dave Chappelle or I am interested in quitting smoking. Um, okay, let's talk about another thing I saw. It's called, holy cow, 17 minutes. i talked a lot about that. Thought I was gonna, <laughs> thought it was going to end early. Um, so I watched The Girl with All the GIFs, uh, which was a very confusing thing. I thought it was going to be some girl who like copyrighted every single GIF or GIF, however you say it. i'm kidding that's a stupid joke uh it's a girl with all the gifts and boy it's very dense uh very dense fiction i'm i'm impressed uh mr Carey, um i'm impressed that was a very dense story um but from what i read melanie the character melanie was originally a uh fair-skinned girl very fair-skinned girl um and i suppose that kind of thing really doesn't matter but i don't like blackwashing any more than i like whitewashing it's unnecessary Um, Colm McCarthy, Colm McCarthy, he's a real up and comer director. Uh, he was able to effectively shoot such a complex and dense plot. I mean, well done. I mean, I don't want to speak too much on the story itself because you really do got to see it. It's, it's a really good piece of fiction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the kind of story it's, it's pretty brilliant. It's the kind of story that made me give up writing fiction because, Sometimes I read a fiction or, or like see some movie and I'm just like, geez, you know, I thought Exit 13 was good. Available over on Amazon. Search for sure. Madman. Uh, Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. Exit 13. I got a couple other books up there as well. Ravings of a Madman and The Bunny Years, a memoir. Perfect for uh, Easter. Yeah, so um, the girl with all the gifts. Gifts. <laughs> Uh, nine of 13 stars, um, minus one star for transgender uh, Glenn Too Close, minus one star for mostly female characters, even though the males were represented in a fair light, uh, minus one for the heavy handed teachers are important message. Yeah, as long as we keep them in cages, I'm okay with that. Uh, and minus one star for the horrible British effects and combat action scenes. I don't know what the fuck those red coats were doing in some of those action scenes. It's like there is no organization to this military at all. So um, I don't think that they had a military advisor on this film because these actors <laughs> were all over the place. If you've ever been in the military, you should watch that movie just for the scene where uh all these military guys are just running around randomly in jeeps and like shooting. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, there is no organization. It's hilarious. Go check it out. So yeah. Nine of 13 stars, the girl with all the gifts. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, you know, the, like the queen of England can speak better English than Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, some of you British people who are, who are listening or watching, you know, you probably say, well, of course," but of course we all speak better English than Americans. <laughs> don't get muck, don't muck about you didn't know how to speak the English <laughs> oh I can feel the British people unsubscribing as we speak all right so uh whew, burning through time mm. so, uh, we're going to go back to my supervillain plot so I'm going to give you three more supervillain plots I miscounted apparently there's ten that I wanted to uh, to give you Um, but uh, I miscounted, so I'm giving you four next week. But we're going through supervillain plots 48, 49, and 50 today. Now, I bet you think if you watched last week's video or listened to last week's podcast, uh, you might be thinking I'm going to Mars. You might be thinking I'm going there. But I think Mars is just a lost cause. Its magnetic field is too weak. Its gravity is too low to be of any use. I think at one time, Mars was gushing with water, but over millions of years, it just slowly evaporated out into space and, possibly ended up on earth with uh, even biological life forms, you know, starting life on earth. But, you know, that's a theory. It's a theory. Who knows? Ice, ice chunks. Possibly. Possibly. Cause I think at one time uh, Mars was gushing with water and now it's gone. It's mostly limited to the poles and those are the only promising areas on Mars. So why would we want to go there? You have to build a dome over it, covering the whole <sighs> It's it's not feasible. It's not feasible to do anything with Mars. Mars is a lost cause. It's a desert. It has there's nothing, nothing, nothing good going on with Mars. Um actually, plot number 48 is the asteroid belt. You have no idea what kind of resources we can find in the asteroid belt. That's number one. The kind of resources we can find, we can find chunks of ice, we can find chunks of uh, uh metals we haven't even discovered or come across before. Dangerous space monsters. That'd be awesome. That'd be such a fun time when there's a bunch of people, you know, mining uh, asteroids and stuff like that. And then you know what else you could do? You could start weaponizing comets. You ever think that aliens, uh, that comets are actually alien nukes just circling around, just keeping us in line? One little retro rocket fire and whom? Giant hunk of mass hurtling towards Earth. But we could start doing that. We could start firing comets. We could start firing these things and have like little weapons weaponizing comets. Think about that. We could also do like a panspermia thing, where you could take a take a comet, put a bunch of DNA in it, like algae, like shooting it at a, a algae of Venus, and then you could shoot that at a world that might be able to support life, and boom, you got DNA in your pan panspermian panspermian. Your cr- You're doing a panspermia thing to, uh, to another planet. Think about that. Think about the possibilities of the asteroid belt. Oh, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be big for humanity. Supervillain plot number 49. Let's shoot all our nukes at Jupiter. Ignite the fucker like a star and make this a binary system. Oh, sure. We'll all die. But again, uh, You'd be the guy who killed killed everybody. They'd be like, I mean, even as they're ripping you apart, and it's like, you know, you know, you're all dead too. So doesn't really matter. So yeah, we ignite Jupiter like a star, you know, and then uh, next thing you know, like all the worlds in between just kind of like get eaten up by the sun or the new star Jupiter, and maybe Jupiter and uh, the sun just start rotating closer and closer together, and they maybe merge, become one big star, or maybe even like Europa becomes the new Mars, you know, and Ganymede and Io they become like the new Earths. Just think, think about what I'm saying and the possibilities. And that's me making a crazy symbol. (laughs) The, The possibilities of what I'm saying. Yeah, you'd be the guy who created it. But, you know, people, there'd be one guy in the back of the mob that tears you apart saying he turned this into a binary star system for however long it lives, however long it lasts. Anyway, supervillain plot number 50. I should have peed before I started. Okay, supervillain plot number 50. I guess we could try to nuke the new Jupiter Jupiter plot on Saturn. But the biggest flaw in a lot of these supervillain plots, uh, it kind of involves destroying Saturn in some way or another. Even like a collateral kind of way. So it's that's kind of the biggest biggest flaw in a lot of these plots. So and it just never sat well with me the idea of destroying Saturn, uh, which is probably why I never carried through with these plots. Um, Saturn is probably the most is no it's definitely the most beautiful planet in our system, and for the time being, for the time being, it's not going to last forever. And it which it begs the question, what is beauty? Well, only sentient only sentient life, only we, as far as we know, humans have the mental capacity to look at Saturn in its temporary form and say that that is beautiful. It's temporary. It's not going to last forever. You know, Jupiter 3 million years ago, so you should have seen me. I was the hottest one around, you know, Hey, you know, the time, the time, time takes its toll, I suppose. And so, um, yeah, but, it's not going to be around forever a couple million years and no more rings of Saturn, a couple, I don't know how many millions it's going to take, but it's not going to last forever. And only life like us can look at it and say, if it's beautiful, you know, it's like if a tree falls in the forest, does it make sense? Yes. It makes a sound, but if no one heard it, it's a semantic argument, but if there's no life in the system or any life anywhere in the universe to view Saturn and say that it's beautiful, I don't know. What's the point of art at that point? (laughs) Just because live like an ant-like society. Horrible. Yeah. Beauty is fleeting and um, destroying Saturn always seems like such a waste to me, but we could ignite it like a star. And just like Jupiter, uh, if we shot all our nukes at it. And um, I mean, no matter which one you ignite would uh, consume the other very quickly because they're so close together and there's no possibility of making a trinary trinary star system. They're too close. Depends on where they are in the orbit. It, anyway, not likely to happen. Not likely to happen. Anyway. Woo. Itchy ears. Dirty white boy. Yeah. So uh, tune in next week and I'll give you supervillain super villain plots. 51 through 54. All right. Woo. Two minutes. Let's got to go through the mailbag real quick. All righty. Every time I talk about how much I don't like horses or want them all dead, I get a flurry of emails with links of cute horse pics or funny horse videos and people saying, really kill this cute thing. And my answer to all of you is yes. Yes. A million times. Yes. They are evil. Horses are evil. Ponies are evil. Donkeys are, you know, evil. Anything that looks like a horse is evil. However, unicorn super evil. Anyway. Um, After digging through all these emails, I did find one good question uh, by an anonymous uh, by request user. I will always respect that if you choose. Um, Madman, I know you hate horses, but where do you stand on llamas and alpacas? Well, that's a very good question. Thank you. Um, Well, I don't think llamas and alpacas are really smart enough to be in on the horse conspiracy. So um, if the horses are having a meeting, you know, and maybe Sprout says to Denny, that, um, hey, maybe we should include the alpacas in on this. And so Denny, like, he trots on over to the alpacas and he goes up to lead alpaca. And he says, uh, we're making our move at sunset. Are you in? And the, the lead alpaca would uh, look at him and go, and spit in his face. They're not smart enough to be dangerous. I mean, they're definitely animals, and animals are assholes. Human beings are animals, by the way. So, I mean, it's it's just a regular animal, if you ask me. If you could shear it and make some cloth off of it, and all it does is just scream at you, that's not that dangerous, you know? It's not that dangerous of a beast to, <laughs> to raise and cut. Ugh. It used to be my fantasy to be a shepherd like in New Zealand. But I really, yeah, I really don't like animals. Um, but a lot of animals like me. It's weird. Horses. There's sometimes I've met horses that like me. Most of them don't like me, but sometimes. It's irritating. Um, A lot of people would like to remain anonymous. So uh, here's another one by an anonymous person madman have you ever had a homosexual experience uh no anonymous internet person because i'm not gay but there was this one guy bear with me here okay bear with me here there was this one guy uh because i wrestled in high school you know and he had this like comically large dick like comically large i mean so big if you felt sorry for the guy because you know like every girl he's ever showed it to must have been scared because we were scared and we don't like having dick put in us so um uh, so just like any any other dude with a big dick, they he, they try to use it every way they can. They're like twirling it or slapping it against their hips and all that stuff. And there was this one time where he was just like taking a whip in the you know the bell end against people's butts and stuff like that in the shower. But that's it. I mean, does that count as a homosexual experience? I don't think so. I think I'm straight, and that dude's just doesn't know what to do with all that dick. what a weird problem to have so no i don't think i've ever had a homosexual experience i've had gay dudes hit on me but i mean it's never like i mean nobody tried to kiss me or nothing like that they're very respectful they're nice guys they were nice guys these particular ones i'm not saying they're all nice can't possibly be true um yeah so thanks for the emails you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com and i'll Keep it anonymous if you like. I'll respect you for that. Uh, Otherwise, I'm just going to continue talking to myself. All right. I'm going to pull up my video here. Uh, Are we about to get ready to get into the news worth knowing? All right. We're going to wait on the video to catch up. All righty. All right. I got to go back to my notes. I don't know. You think the half row is going to catch on, EK? I was thinking about it, but I didn't want to lose an eyebrow. I don't. Th- I think eyebrows are kind of important. No, I think, but if I'm going to go that far, I'm going to go with the eyebrows too. All right, so. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a good idea. We'll see how, we'll get, make this hashtag half row catch, catch on. All right, let's get to the do's uh trump hints that he may not that he may get involved in navy episode as modley issues apology now i don't know if you've been following this story but i have because i don't know these navy stories they uh they catch my attention uh president trump said on monday at a press conference that he might get involved in the public crisis playing out in the navy after an aircraft carrier commander was ousted after raising the alarm about corona about a coronavirus outbreak on a ship in a leaked letter quote unquote leaked letter, i would say uh, acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley appeared to worsen the situation when he gave a surprise speech to sailors on the th- USS Theodore Roosevelt and called ousted Captain Brett Kosher, Coge- quote, too naive or too stupid to be a commanding officer of a ship like this. Reuters. Reuters reported. Modley issue, uh, later issued an apology to the Navy and Crozier and said, let me be clear, I do not think Captain Brett Kozier is naive nor stupid. I think, and always believed him to be the opposite. We pick our carrier, uh, c- commanding officers with great care. Captain Crozier is smart and passionate. Uh, Modley said he wanted to apologize for any confusion this choice of words may have caused. Uh, Trump told a press conference that he is good at settling arguments. Okay. Trump said, let's ask Jim Acosta about that. (laughs) Anyway, Trump said that he's good at settling arguments. Uh, Trump said Kozier should have resisted sending the letter, but did not want to destroy somebody for having a bad day, the report said. Very compassionate. Um, Several Democrats in Congress are calling for Modley to be fired following the speech in which he admonished the ship's former commander for expressing concerns over the coronavirus in a strongly worded letter that was leaked to the media. Uh, Vir- Virginia Representative Elaine Luria, a Navy veteran and member of the House Armed Services Committee, called for the Defense Secretary Mark Esper to fire Modley for his remarks about Captain Brett Crozier, who he called too naive or too stupid to lead the carrier. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt's sailors are on the front lines of this pandemic, and our nation's defense is in the Pacific, Luria tweeted Monday. Acting sec- Secretary of the Navy uh, remarks to the crew show that he is in no way fit to lead our Navy through this trying time esper dod should be at esper dod should immediately fire him um here's the thing it's like anyone who's ever served in the military you know that you do not do this you do not leak a letter um involving business within your command or within your unit you know you don't do this you don't make you don't bring the press in on this this is a The Theodore Roosevelt is one of the most advanced weapons in the world. You have no idea how badass that ship is. Okay. You want some of your best guys. You want your best people who follow the rules and you go up the chain of the command. I don't know if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, but there's a scene where they talk about complaints it's like, we never heard, you know, you never heard the lieutenant complain. It's like, well, I, there's a chain of command. The gripes go up. You know, I don't complain to you guys. And that's the way it is in the military. And this guy did something. He, you know, tried to bring the press in on this because, hey, it's a military. You know, you know, you're going to have to deal with this probably before everybody else. This is a military. You're probably going to have to deal with it before everyone else. So it just makes me mad that, you know, I love every, I hate to say it this way, every enlisted guy I was with, but there, you know, there's plenty of great officers. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of great officers, but it's just, it's like this. So there's too many idiots that end up being getting promoted. I don't know, just for time. There's I have a lot of gripes about the military and the way it's run. That being said, it's, you don't go. See, I I, I had this thing where I sent an email to my like uh, my chief, my first class and uh, uh, my section leader and my section leader left the email open and somebody came up, read this email where I was uh, upset and expressing some issues that I was having, saw this email and like forwarded it, forwarded it to everybody in the command. All right. Now I'm not saying that guy should have been like stripped of rank or thrown out or anything. Absolutely. Give him a good talking to, there's no real, damage done in that kind of situation except for like embarrassment you know some some embarrassment but when it comes to like the theodore roosevelt come on now come on now Now, i'm not saying i think that guy should have been removed from command absolutely you know i don't think you should go up there and say he's an idiot that's not nice at all that's not nice at all and that is just as unprofessional you know, saying that publicly about a uh, commander because it all should be, it should be dealt with in-house. If you serve in the military, you're just nodding your head right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> you minimize, you minimize everything. <laughs> That's what, how, how how it works. All right, let's go on to Walmart patron sprays cashier in the eyes with Lysol over coronavirus limit. Please say, oh, don't lose your minds out there, people. Uh, police in Massachusetts are searching for a woman who they say sprayed a Walmart employee in the eyes with Lysol disinfectant. Uh, this word. Ly- Leicester police said in a Facebook post Monday that the unidentified woman sprayed the worker after being informed that there was a limit on the number of cans she could buy. Uh, the department says the incident took place in the, ta- in the town's Walmart on March 27th. Uh police say the woman completed her purchase after spray after spraying the employee and then left it in Uber. So did she did she take all the cans too? Did she buy over the limit? Did she leave the one she sprayed? Uh, anyway, um they say EMS also responded to the scene to treat the worker, you yeah, know, imagine their eyes were messed up. Uh the department posted an image of the suspect and urged anyone with information to call or email officers. Walmart and other stores have Limited the number of products, Lysol products, and other basic cleaning supplies that people can purchase because of high demand during this pandemic. People are animals, people are douches. This one is an, just another douche. I, I can't have my way, so I gotta have a temper tantrum. That's really what it is. That's all that this incident is. It's, it's a an adult having a temper tantrum. I was thinking about how like babies <laughs> they'll wake up. And they'll be like, as soon as they wake up, they're like, ah, oh, life, ah, just start crying. And uh, I don't know, I, I still wake up. I'm over, you know, 40 years old and I still wake up every now and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, life, oh, I got to do this life thing. Oh, I want to lay there and start crying, but usually I have to pee. So that gets me going. That's how I motivate myself. I make it, I make sure I have to pee so bad when I wake up that i have to get up get the blood going and i guess i'll deal with this life thing all right you want to talk about alyssa milano (laughs) this i I used to stroke it to this chick you know you know i had a friend who had alyssa milano poster and it was all um uh near the mouth part it was all faded you know turning white because every night before he went to bed he kissed it puberty is a crazy experience and then you know you feel I mean your life gets super weird (laughs) anyway let's talk about this news item Uh, Alyssa Milano Milano explains silence on the Joe Biden sexual assault allegation says men deserve quote due process oh she finally found due process that's interesting uh, Alyssa Milano is defending her decision to stay silent in the wake of a recently surfaced allegation against former Vice President Joe Biden by former Senate staffer Tara Reid, not the actress, uh, who claims she, he sexually assaulted her in 1993. Milano, who's 47, is that relevant? Spoke with radio host Andy, Andy Cohen on Monday during his serious XM broadcast. And when Cohen brought up the fact that once again, Milano had been a trending topic on Twitter. He gave the actress the floor to speak on the matter, and she did so, choosing her words gingerly. You don't get to use that word often. Gingerly. Just a little bit of ginger. Mm. Quote, so it's actually quite quite a serious reason, I think. So I've endorsed Joe Biden, and there have been accusations against Joe about sexual assault, Milano began. I have not publicly said anything about this. Yes. The charmed alum famously Attended Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's Senate, you remember this, Judiciary Committee hearing on Capitol Hill in 2018, uh, where Christine Blasey Ford testified that he had sexually assaulted her in the early 80s. She said that this was taken in a wait-and-see approach. (laughs) She said she has always taken a wait-and-see approach to these sensitive matters and that the predicament Biden has found himself in is no different. She explained to Cohen, if you remember, it kind of took me a, a long time to publicly say anything about Harvey Weinstein. As well, as well, because I believe that even though we should believe women, and that is an important thing. And what is, the statement really means is like, you know, for so long, the go to has been to not believe them. So really, we have to sort of society, societally change that mindset to believing women. Ugh, back and forth. Let's go back and forth. Um, she goes on to say, but that does not mean at the expense of not, you know, giving men their due process and investigating situations and giving, you know, (laughs) it's got to be fair in both directions, Milano added. She's worse than me, you know. Yeah, though Milano has been among many women in Hollywood on the front lines during the Me Too movement uh, and Time's Up movement, uh, swept over various industries over the last three years. Social activists said her support for Biden mostly stems from her longstanding relationship with the president hopeful. See, she supports him, so it's okay. You know, she doesn't have to dress up in special outfits. It's because she believes with uh, agrees with him politically. So, um, here's to take Alyssa Milano. You're a B-lister. You've always been a B-lister. You know, yeah. You know, like teenage boys like had crushes on you back in the '80s. You know. Maybe, I don't know, but you probably had some boys because Charmed, wasn't there like a bunch of hot chicks in there? Yeah, she's hot. I mean, Alyssa Milano is hot. I mean, still, and she looks amazing. Um, that being said, uh, a lot better than Rose McGowan. Whew. Time has not been kind to her, but at least Rose McGowan looks like roasting her about this. You know? seems to me Rose McGowan has been, like, better at this kind of thing. Seems to be more consistent you know just because you agree with somebody politically doesn't mean that you know you should ignore this kind of thing i mean we've we've all seen the videos of joe biden sniffing girls young girls touching people's wives what a creep sorry i'm sitting here looking staring at this picture Alyssa milano (laughs) you still got it darling you still got it um yeah, let's talk about this real major screw up at the USNS Comfort. Now, um, you know the the Navy pretty much runs the NATO <laughs> NATO, uh, NATO NATO Navy. So I know I know a lot of these NATO ships. All right, let's get down to the story here. A uh, crew member aboard the USNS Comfort, the Navy hospital ship docked in New York City, has tested positive for coronavirus. Fox News has confirmed. The news came after President Trump Trump confirmed the 1000-bed ship will start treating coronavirus cases after originally being set to Manhattan to take on cases unrelated to the pathogen. In a statement obtained by Fox News, uh, the Navy said a crew member on board the USNS Comfort tested positive for COVID-19 April 6. A crew member is isolated the crew member is isolated from patients and other crew members. Quote, there's no impact to the Comfort's mission and this will not affect the ability for comfort to receive patients. The ship is following protocols and taking every precaution to ensure the health and safety of all crew members and patients on board. The news was originally reported to uh, by ABC News, who reported that the crew member had no contact with patients and other crew members who had contacted contact with them had tested negative for the virus, but they would remain in isolation for several days out of an abundance of caution. Earlier Monday, President Trump granted... Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's request for that ship uh start taking coronavirus cases. Uh, Cuomo called me up. This is what Trump said: called me up a little while ago and asked uh, if if it would be possible to use the, sh- the ship with respect to fighting the virus. Uh, Trump said at the White House, we hadn't had that in mind, but we're going to let him do it. New Jersey is going to use it as well because New Jersey is also a hot spot. He added, it's a big ship, and it's now COVID and set for COVID. Yeah, we're going to, I like, I like like this quote. It's a big ship and now it's COVID. It's set for COVID and we're going to, hopefully that will be very helpful to both states. Meanwhile, a New York doctor told Fox News about the difficulty uh, uh, in moving patients out of the crowded hospitals to the comfort. I've tried to, without success, to transfer some patients down to the comfort, the doctor told Fox News. Quote, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot to get through the bureaucracy. New York, uh, New York City hospitals have little desire to talk to Navy chains of command to get patients evaluated. I think things are smoothing out, though. Uh, The comfort has to assume that everyone is infected. About 85% of our ER are positive. Oh, my God. Doctor did not wish to be identified, blah, blah, blah. Speak to the media. On Monday, it's not good. I don't like unnamed sources. On Monday, Governor Cuomo announced the number of daily coronavirus deaths in New York has now been effectively flat for two days and is signed that the pandemic may start to ease the grasp of america's hardest hit state yeah okay i think mean, there's more stats uh here's the thing about the the comfort of the, the original plan was them to take on people who were not in, infected with uh the virus uh they're going to gonna take cases to isolate them to isolate them from the COVID 19 and the all the workers who had it that was the idea but some you know i guess you know sailors get into port they go and they hang out but i mean I'd meet people, sailors out night, night, night on the town. Hey, meet a meet a cute young nurse who's been working long shifts. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think it was probably an experiment in how long that they can keep the the comfort um, contained, you know, as an isolated bubble of no COVID. But like Donald Trump's quote is like, "Well, it's COVID now, so we're going to start doing COVID <laughs> on <So> it." <laughs> Uh, and it was kind of a screw up. It shouldn't have gone that way. Uh, they're, they're trying to relieve, uh, hospitals of non COVID, uh, uh, patients, you know, people with broken legs or gunshot wounds or whatever, you know, the injuries you want you would get in New York city. Knife wound. <laughs> so, oh, well, I think that could have been handled better lessons learned. <clears throat> okay. So Mexico shoppers buy mass amounts of beer during the coronavirus pandemic. Okay. Forget toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Shoppers in Mexico are panic buying beer as brewing plants across the country have temporarily shut down in response to the government's order that all non-essential industries and businesses close in April in, in an effort to main, to contain the coronavirus. Grupo Modelo uh, the maker of several popul- popular beer brands, including Pacifica, Corona, and Modelo, suspended production after authorities deemed it, deems it deemed its breweries non-essential. Dutch brewer Heineken also a- halted its operations in Mexico. Videos of shoppers stocking up on beer went viral on social media. NPR reported some of them were using the hashtag, uh, con- con las chelas no, which translates to hashtag, don't mess with my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot in common with you Mexicans. Uh, authorities in several Mexican states have either banned alcohol sales or limiting purchases of alcohol NPR, reported. In the state of Nuevo Leon, Governor Jaime Rodriguez Calderon recommended banning alcohol sales, saying consumption could lead to an uptick in domestic violence as families stuck together at home. <laughs> well, that's, that's how those christmas and thanksgiving domestic startup and nobody has to work or you're stuck with a couple days. that's a good point it's kind of a good point uh mexico has 2000 cases of COVID, who cares they're stocking up on beer but they're worried that people are gonna like start murdering i've had enough to here with you stuck in here with you but only in spanish you know oh man uh we may have to end early i thought i was eating up a lot of time with my rant on dave Chappelle. i got way ahead in the news now i'm way ahead in the news uh new zealand prime minister reassure kids that the easter bunny is quote an essential service amid coronavirus outbreak (laughs) how big is that country i mean how many yeah. yeah small small little issues I mean, obviously there have been big issues in New Zealand, especially recently, but um, I'm just saying that a lot of people, when they talk about the, the virus and so forth, it's like they talk about the uh, Italy numbers or the Spain numbers or something like that. It's like, you don't understand it's like the difference in size between their country and like the United States, you know, you're talking about some of these countries that are big, like smaller than California or smaller than Texas, you know. Okay, so New New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern reassured children Monday that, just like police officers and nurses, the Easter Bunny is is an essential worker during the pandemic. The lighthearted reassurance came as Ardern addressed children on Instagram, saying she has been asked by lots of you whether the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny were an essential service. Oh, those guys should not have cell phones are too young. Um, I have good news for you. They are, she said in a post, but because we're all in isolation at the moment, the Easter bunny might not make it to every house this year. They probably have to look after their own bunny family too. So is she giving parents an out here. Oh, sorry. Had to buy toilet paper instead. Had to buy food. <laughs> I think she's giving the parents an out here. All right. Jeez Louise. What's this? Just Instagram posts. Uh, Ardern also fielded a question about the Easter bunny at our televised daily coronavirus briefing to the country. Is everyone doing this now? Doing a daily briefing? Uh, Quote, I say to the children of New Zealand, if the Easter bunny doesn't make it to your household, she's definitely giving you an out, right? If it doesn't make it to your household, we have to understand that it's a bit difficult at the moment for the bunny to perhaps get everywhere, she said. Ardern asked the kids to create Easter egg hunts uh, for other children in their neighborhoods by coloring a picture of an egg and leaving it in the window for all to see. How's that a hunt? The prime minister ordered a lockdown for the country, even though the number of coronavirus cases hasn't climbed to levels seen in other parts of the world. In New Zealand, there have been 1,106 cases of coronavirus and just one death good for you guys good for you guys is it all the mountains and stuff like that separating <laughs> or it's just like re- real discipline once it started breaking it's like started social distancing immediately and i think that even that has had a, a significant effect here in the united states it's like even before like it, all these orders came out it's like people started social distancing immediately and i think that's why the numbers are looking good kind of i think i mean it's, it's horrible people are dying obviously but i think the numbers are starting to look good we're gonna get out of this uh ardern asked the kid but i had already read that uh yep one death no that's the end of the, that's the end of the, art, the article yeah so five minutes left i'll just talk a little bit more about this thing i i, I know that like a lot of youtubers are complaining uh, uh a lot of YouTubers are complaining that, uh, you know, you can't mention certain words. You can't mention certain, certain topics. Uh, I'll say a couple of them right now so that YouTube can just, you know, demonetize me, derank me, you know, don't recommend me. It's things like, things like 5g, some things that happened recently, even COVID-19, you know, me saying COVID-19 means that I'm not a reputable news source. And so when people search for COVID-19, even if I put a tag COVID-19, you know, people are not going to get that. They're going to get, cnn they're gonna get fox news they're gonna get the big networks because the big networks are trying to buy youtube because youtube is killing the fuck out of network television anyway i'm not trying to get a a million youtube views it'd be crazy if i did it'd be absurd i would hate to see myself famous that's a terrifying thought for me I would not do well. If anything I'd become more reclusive. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the most talkative I ever get this hour. Even if you listen to Lost in the Long Box 6:30 on FXPG FXPG Public Radio on Wednesdays, you find Lost in the Long Box. I'm I'm the quiet guy. Sometimes I have jokes, but I'm the quiet guy. Plus how many Mr. Fantastic jokes can you make? That you know, and so we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You know, we've been practicing social distancing. You've, you've been to the stores, you've seen all the lines on the floor and, you know, uh, I think it's, it stinks that it's been such wonderful weather lately, you know, that, uh, you know, people are wanting to get out and enjoy the springtime because it's been real nice lately. It's a shame it really is a shame that because you know stay inside shave half your head you know i I would have done this anyway if it weren't for even even if there wasn't some pandemic going on out there i'm just what it would have been one of those things that ran through my mind anyway like a saturday morning a saturday morning in 1987 Hmm. so so I'm, i'm just sitting here ranting looking at the video coming from the studio I see you guys. Hi, fellas. You wave at me, buddy, little guy. Hey. So we may have to end just a little bit early. Um, just nod if you hear me. EK. All right. So um, yeah. Um, take care of each other. Maintain that social distance. Absolutely. Um. And uh, <laughs> wear the masks if you like. Wear the late I I, I think it's funny when people like dress up. Uh, i like cosplay so if you guys want to wear like funky masks and stuff like that i'd love to what i want to see is more unique masks you know uh do we we have some company out there creating designer masks (laughs) i'm sure there's going to be some very soon i'm sure they're gonna be hitting etsy or something (laughs) so uh humanity is incredibly entertaining is it not even in the midst of all this chaos, we can find the humor, like uh, Dave Chappelle can, like Joe Rogan can. You met, you met, uh, you know all about this, all the stuff with Joe Rogan, right? And like I you said, he'd rather vote for Trump than Biden. <laughs> that's blown up too. Fucking Oprah making headlines. So that be- <laughs> Joe Rogan is Oprah. <laughs> it matters who he supports, <laughs> and that's what's funny is like censoring people who swear and stuff on YouTube. They're totally cool with like the, uh, the Joe Rogan experience anyway this has turned into a chaotic rant and this is what my mind gets like after about four beers um so stay safe out there please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash radio we'd appreciate it the whole point of putting all this content out here for you right now is because one the audio sometimes sucks and two <laughs> uh it's um um we want to show you the value of what's behind the paywall All the cool kids are doing it anyway, like Steven Crowder. So I just want to be cool because I'm the madman and I love you.